get up, get going. Happy Tuesday. I hope you are teed up and ready for some pro wrestling punditry because we are slamming it here into your ear holes in the uh, one of the final three episodes of The Winkly. I am your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, back in the saddle here for, like I said, one of the final Winklies, and I'm joined here as I am. I have been historically every Tuesday, but Michael, this is our last Tuesday punditing for a little while. It's Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to The Winkley. All, all good things must come to an end, as they say, huh? I mean, let's, yeah, play taps. Let's get the tissues out. This is going to be an emotional ride for us today. Well, we, it is true. The press release officially dropped yesterday before Raw. We have a new RSS feed. Uh, we are uh, killing the Winkley. I'm putting a dagger in its heart. I'm ripping its heart out. I'm going to do that Kali Ma thing uh, from uh, the, the Raiders, the Lost Ark there. Um, we are No, that was Temple of Doom. We uh we are uh, we are closing that sheet, shop. which is why Temple of Doom had to be. Well, that's where they got the uh, Razy PG thirteen rating from. So there you well, go. That was it. That it wasn't the scene where they were eating monkey brains. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was that scene was so horrific. They were like, we've got to have a PG thirteen rating. Cool. Uh, well, uh, we are we are killing the Winkly here. Uh, the uh, the 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 reason is well, it's multifold. First of all. Uh, starting next Monday, uh, the Monday after the Rumble, we are now moving to a five-day-a-week format, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's going to go out on the brand-new The Wrestling Inc. Daily RSS feed. Why did we change the name? Why are we stopping the word uh, the, the, the show Winkly and changing the name? It's pretty simple, guys. Um, the Winkly is a word that I made up that just <laughs> seemed like a fun— Really? It seems like a word— that I was like, oh, it's like every, so many people do dailies, and we do a wink, and it's during the week. So a wink and a wink and a daily, and you get the winkly. Um, you know, it seemed like fun to me, but um, since it's not a real word, um, doesn't show up in SEO. Nobody searches for it, right? <laughs> so, if we did it long enough, it would eventually, though, Nick. Come eventually, on. eventually, I know, I know. So anyway, this uh, we're just we're simplifying it here. It is the Wrestling Inc. Daily, which is in the spirit of the Winkly, but hopefully we'll do better SEO and just make it easier for you to find. Uh, but if you go over uh, onto iTunes right now, or on Stitcher, or all any of the podcast platforms, we got it all figured out. I got all the wires uh, finally uh, put together here. You go, you search the Wrestling Inc. Daily. There's a beautiful Carolina blue backdrop with the new logo. Uh, which was uh, designed by our own Winkly listener, Rocky. Rocky, thank you so much for doing the new logo design. I absolutely love it. It's got like a softball tinge. I'm trying to entice Psycho Sid into a softball game with us over here at the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Um, and uh, we're going to add two new co-hosts. So uh, Monday, Michael will jo join me now on Mondays. We'll still start the week with Michael. Tuesdays, uh, Second City Chicago's uh, uh, EJ Cameron, longtime friend of mine, passionate pro wrestling fan, he will be on SNL here in a couple years and will be very famous. And you will say you got to sit around listening to him talk about pro wrestling uh, here on the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Uh, and then on Fridays, we are adding after 83 weeks, Christy Olsen from After Buzz TV. Uh, she was also a former ring announcer for NXT. Um, Multifold with Christy. What a great way to uh, wrap up the week. You get somebody with firsthand correspondence who's been in the WWE, worked inside that business, but also. Uh, female perspective, Michael. Fresh. Mm -hmm. Getting getting a lady in the room. I'm ecstatic. That was a big thing for me when we were adding new co-hosts. I was like, I need some female perspective on the show. Too many dudes talking pro wrestling. 
Well, I, I love that. That's one of the things I'm excited about here is that you are bringing on more diverse people with different backgrounds, different life experiences, some inside the business, some in the entertainment realm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome for, number one, what you do every day talking about the news and kind of giving this punditry. But also it's good for pro wrestling coverage in general because, yeah, there's a lot of podcasts out there I call, you know, white guys giving their opinions. And not that there's anything about? wrong with that, but – Let's bring in more voices into the fold because it, it informs the product and it makes us all better. Yes, I agree. And we are trying very, we're going to try very hard to do that to keep you informed. Uh, the new feed, like I said, the RSS feed is live right now. Uh, there's a four minute bit of audio with me basically giving the same spiel you just heard here right now, set to some nice light music. Um, but you could go over the Wrestling Inc. Daily, subscribe. The new RSS feed is up now. And uh, this show, you won't, if you're subscribed to Wrestling Inc. Audio, Right now, I think this, the feed's going to be called the Wrestling Podcast Channel or whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you like the show, next week it will be gone. If you want to hear it uh, in its new form, you got to go over, subscribe to the Wrestling Inc. Daily on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you go to get the new show as it comes out. And I can announce uh, we have a big guest for the first show next Monday uh, mm. on the Wrestling Inc. Daily. I put it in the can. It's me, right? It's, it's me. It's you. You'll be, you'll be here. But on Monday, uh, we will have as our first guest on the new show... Uh, very buzzed about individual Killer Cross is going to be joining mm. us on Monday. So uh, first guest of the new show. I really I batted for the fences. I got a couple more that I'm going to be able to announce and roll out as well. But that was a big one. And uh, we talk all about his upcoming debut for MLW. What was going on with the Triple H meeting that was reported a couple days ago? We get into all of it. So <clears throat> very excited. That's awesome. Real question here, Nick, yeah. is... The Winkley had a nice, easy hashtag to use on Twitter and social media. What's the new hashtag going to be? Well, Michael, not only do we have a hashtag, you can use at Wink Daily, right? Which is just kind of a, mm. a change at, at W-I-N-C Daily, but, or a hashtag W-I-N-C Daily. But we have a Twitter account at Wink Daily. I went and got the actual Twitter account for this um, where we are going to be running uh, polls. We're going to be asking questions. And at the end of every episode of the Wrestling Inc. Daily, I will dive into our social media feed. We'll, we'll look at what was uh, successful, what won the polls, what your comments were, uh, all of those great things. So we will have an entire uh, Twitter feed to engage you in so many ways. And uh, you can leave your comments there. And yeah, use the hashtag WinkDaily if you'd like as well. Or tag us at WinkDaily because I'm, nice. I'm better with that. I'm really bad with hashtags. But if I just have to go to an account and open up the notifications and read what everybody wrote and see how the polls went, that's much easier for me, you know? Or you could just use hashtag best podcast of all time ever. It's a little bit long, but yeah. um, it gets the point across. You can use hashtag Nick Hausman as a hack. Uh, <laughs> that was nice. We got to do it. We got to do it with some Twitter people. You got to do it with some Twitter people last night who uh, had some opinions about our podcast, Michael. Man, I don't know what it is. Positivity brings out the trolls sometime. And I think there was a lot of awesome buzz here. You're putting it out there. All these new co-hosts tweeting about this and how excited we all are to bring you guys more pro wrestling punditry here. And yeah, some people were just very negative. Well, I don't like this one thing you said in 1955. It's not even about us, right? Um, somebody completely unrelated or, or tangentially related or people just down in our positivity here. And I, I, I you know, if that's your thing, go do it. But I think pro wrestling needs more positive power of positivity. Am I uh, right? I don't care, man. They can say whatever they want about me anymore. I really don't care. I've leathered. Well, I do. I've Trust leathered. Me, I do. I've leathered myself. I, whatever, man. I work for I work with bullet club on their bullet club beach party. I do this show, that's managing editor of wrestling, Inc. do commentary for warrior wrestling. What are you going to do? You're going to take me down. I got it all right now. I got a beautiful girlfriend. Come at me. Come at me, bro. 
All right. Uh, we are going to have a great show here today on the Wiggly. I really don't care. I, I'm Michael, I don't know if I've made that uh, abundantly clear enough. I don't know. Come at, come at me. That's what I love about you, man. And you also, you had that, um, you know, you're feeling good, too, because you had that uh, milkshake cake last night. So. Jesus Christ. Go. I was telling Michael off the air. Last night after a six-pack of beer, I decided to make myself a chocolate cake milkshake. And uh, <laughs> my, my, my body is... Uh, my body is trolling me today. I'll say that. All right. Anyway, let's get to it here. Um, Wrestling Inc. Daily, very excited. But we got three Winklies to go. They're all great. Um, and today, uh, we are kicking it off. Uh, we still have scrums uh, from Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. So later on in the show, after we talk the news of the day, you're going to get the pre and post Hard to Kill media scrums with Eddie Edwards, which I think is kind of cool. You're going to get to hear Eddie felt going into his match and how he felt coming out of it. But really, the, the pre-show scrum, the reason I'm, I'm re-airing these for you guys is Eddie talks about a lot of other non-hard-to-kill related stuff. Of course, there's a big TNA pay-per-view coming up. Um, he's he's the longest-tenured member of Impact Wrestling right now. And uh, we talked about the Wolves maybe reuniting. We talked about him becoming a locker room leader. We talked about how Sammy Callahan nearly took his eyeball out with a baseball bat and how life has been for him following that incident. So uh, I think you guys will like that a whole lot. And if you like these uh, uh, scrums... Head over to the YouTube channel. We got the full video. You can see everybody in action there. All right, let's get to it. News you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. We are going to start uh, with the uh, ratings for last Wednesday night. Showbuzz Daily reporting that uh, that AEW's Bash at the Beach edition of Dynamite drew 940,000 viewers, topping 700,000 viewers garnered by NXT on USC, USA by 34%. AEW ranked number five in the top 150. NXT ranked 31. AEW ranked 29 in total viewership. NXT was at 39. Uh, last week's Dynamite drew 947,000 viewers, so they were down only 7,000 viewers. Um, and uh, last week's NXT did 721,000 viewers, so they were just slightly down by about 21,000 viewers. So not a huge change here. Really just a couple thousand people that tuned out from the week before. But AEW here now firmly in the driver's seat. And, Michael, what I would like to use this as a chance to talk about is how I don't feel – because. I feel like the reason NXT became so competitive is because they did a great job of tying NXT into Survivor Series. I'm not seeing that here with the Rumble, and this seems like a layup for them to really be making some guys compelling entrance into that match. I, it's just, I'm, not, I'm surprised we're not seeing that same kind of focus for NXT with this pay-per-view like we saw with Survivor Series. Yeah, it's fascinating because, you know, towards the end of last year, NXT had all the momentum. It seemed like after Survivor Series, they could do no wrong. They put the title on Rhea Ripley, and they were back in the lead there for a number of weeks. And even the week that AEW took off, I mean, NXT was just was pulling in some pretty good numbers. And it feels like since we've hit 2020, they slowed down a little bit at the exact same time. AEW has kind of put it back on the gas pedal. They had the big um, season premiere show to top the year off and, and pretty some pretty engaging storylines here. And I don't know if it's because NXT has kind of got itself into the this uh, situation with the the Dusty Rhodes Classic, where you got to focus on tag scene right. in this long tournament. Um, but you know, like you said, lay up here, promote these guys for being in the Rumble. We've not heard a lot about NXT guys being in the Rumble if you watch Raw and SmackDown every week, and that's your prime time to hype these dudes up, even if it's not the entire roster, even if it's kind of a side story to everything else. Promote them, right? That's when you are getting your best energy behind it. And I think AEW has just done a great job of capitalizing on that lack of focus from WWE and NXT. Yes, I, I agree. I agree with that. And AEW got back on track to start 2020, right? They took the notes from Meltzer and a lot of other fans about how it's great that you want to get over these new talents, but 
you are really trying to get yourselves over still, still to a, a broader audience. Uh, right. They've really gone back. They focused on the Bucks. They focused on Kenny. I'm not. I'm still not a huge fan of what they're doing with Adam Page, but at least they're trying to present him uh, in a more a top line storyline to reestablish him. Pac is getting uh, a new uh, a new look. I feel like John Moxley in the stuff he's doing with Jericho has been has been great. I think AEW has taken a lot of notes. There's still some other. I'm not hugely a fan of what Brandy's doing with the Nightmare Collective right now. That's its own thing. It'll maybe it'll find its footing. I feel the same way for the Dark Order, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But by and large, AEW took took the notes. NXT, yeah, man. I think I think you make a good point with the the tag classic. There's a lot of filler stuff in there right now because we're not into the deeper rounds. But how do you not how do you not make more make more of a, a focus on NXT guys possibly being in this match? possibly winning this match what could happen if a champa wins this match does he go for the nxt title does he go for brock lesnar i'm not hearing a lot of that stuff and it and, and to me nxt feels a little left out going into the rumble whereas opposed to survivor series they were made to feel like this is going to be a statement for them or a chance to make a statement if they can take advantage of the opportunity it almost feels like they had this in the works and they were kind of already on this path before all the other stuff happened and they kind of came back to it and that's not really i mean triple h's mo when he talks about booking nxt as always it's a very organic process a lot of creativity in the room we go where the story takes us we have our beats planned out but if it veers it veers right and so this this is not typical to me and what i've seen in nxt's history it's not typical nxt booking and and maybe that's why you know wwe's done this for years they got their hell in a cell pay-per-view they got their money in the bank in the summer and all these things and when you have that much rigor and routine it takes away some of that creativity or organic storytelling and i'm just wondering having had this in the the works for a while this tag team classic maybe they just put themselves into a corner and they're trying to find their way back out of it um but but also again aw compelling stuff right now and to your point from earlier they took the right notes from what fans were saying at the end of last year and and also there's buzz about their product and their renewal on TNT and all yep. of this that's happening for that brand <clears throat> yeah. that is drawing more eyes back to Wednesday nights. I, I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, it's been a lot of positive reports about how Shad, uh, Shad Khan, uh, did I get that? Shahid Khan? Shad Khan? I, I built, I'm yeah. sorry, I butchered his name. Um, he, uh, he is invested in this company or is putting more interest in this company. Uh, Warner Media rallying around them, putting out that uh, press release about the next three years. Knowing guys like Jericho are going to be around there for a while, uh, it sends a good signal to talent in WWE that, hey, if you guys are maybe interested in doing something else, obviously this is a company that we have uh, uh, that we we've invested in and and we think could be viable. You know, so I, a lot of a lot of positive moves here made by AEW. I'm not trying to dismiss NXT. Look, the the viewership here is still comparatively very strong for both shows. We haven't really had that week yet where we see more than two million fans mm-hmm. watching pro wrestling, which is what I. Continue. I mean, I continue to wait for that moment where more than two million people are watching across the combined shows. There, we haven't really seen that yet, but uh, I think uh, in the end, right now, we both agree AEW on a little bit better trajectory. I, again, it's just I feel missed opportunities here with NXT going into the Rumble. How not more has been made about them possibly making a big impact there. Absolutely. And I kind of like to point out every week, or not every week, but every time I get to talk about it, which is Wednesday nights, probably the buzziest night of pro wrestling on TV, but the highest rated show throughout the week of professional wrestling every week, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, which nobody talks about, but it still draws in more viewers than these two shows combined. So, yeah. um, question for you, Nick. Sure. You know, we kind of saw the buzz about NXT possibly going on the road die down towards the end of last year as NXT leaped ahead and the positivity around that brand came back. 
do you think now we're at this point where I think their contract with Full Sail was to sometime in the spring, maybe, if I remember correctly? Is that buzz going to light back up about NXT going on the road to look bigger up next to AEW? I mean, I don't... Is it worth it? I mean, maybe you do 200,000 more viewers, right? I mean, mm. it's like... I, I, I get what they're doing. I mean, I think it's a very cost-effective, smart move on their part to do it the way they have. Maybe once a month. You know, I don't think you need to do every week on the road, but occasional big shows that you could build towards and uh, and, uh, and and draw in new viewers with, I think that's a smart idea. But I don't know that every week you need to be on the road. I, I don't know that uh, cost-wise it, it does a ton for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about here. We, you, you bring up SmackDown. Let's talk about what uh, came out of Raw and SmackDown here as we head into the Royal Rumble. This is the go-home week. Uh, last night on Raw, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, they captured the Raw tag titles from the Viking Raiders. Um, also, Buddy Murphy, Joe, uh, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, they've all entered into the men's Rumble match. Um, this is this is interesting stuff to me. I like the work they're doing here with Seth and this, uh, this new faction. I don't know that it really has a name yet, Church of Rollins, um, forcing other members of the roster to come together to, to try to battle them. Now we're going to see them all here in the Rumble with a, a nice bit of backstory uh, going into it. You saw some, some tension there with Joe and Owens, maybe, as they're both getting into the Rumble. I just thought a lot of things were done right here on Raw in regards to this kind of cluster of eight to ten guys. Yeah, you know, this, this, all of this brand, this product, the wrestlers on this show every week, I think they've found some niches for these guys and it's working out. They listen to the fans. Seth is where he needs to be leading a heel faction. Um, they're promoting the guys inside, uh, authors of pain with them, um, putting Buddy Murphy on that team. This tag team title situation was interesting to me. I didn't know I'd be into it, but when it happened last night, I was into it. I think it does great for Buddy Murphy. And the Viking Raiders, listen, guys, they're a great tag team. Yeah. But WWE has not done enough with them in their main roster, in my opinion, to make them feel like they are the world champs. And I think you get that chance now with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy to do something different and unique. Like when we used to see main event guys who are individual singles wrestlers come back together and win a tag team championship, it felt real special. Yeah. Um, I had one complaint, though, Nick. Sure. You know what it was? And I don't see it on the run sheet here. That ladder match, I think it was an oh, amazing yeah. ladder match. Yeah. I think it was it, it was dangerous. I mean, maybe a little bit, uh, you know, a little uncomfortable at times. Great match. My one complaint is I wish they would have saved that for the main event spot in last night's show. Yeah, it was really weird how they placed it there, like mid-halfway through the first hour. I thought the same thing, you know. And Ray went out there and killed himself, man. You know, there was the sunset flip spot onto the ladder. There was the falling from the... Uh, dangling, whatever you would, the clip that holds the belts, and he went. He tried to do a hurricane rana, kind of felt, kind of looked like he took a power bomb the hard way there. Uh, Andrade fortunately just you know decided to sell it like a hurricane rana, try to make it look all right. But Ray took a like a ten foot straight fall onto his back there at forty five years old. I was a little nervous after watching that one. Yeah, it was rough in some spots. But, you know, the thing about it is we've not had Brock on TV for a number of... I mean, he's been on TV, don't get me wrong, but he's not been... He's not had a storyline around that championship, really, other than the Rumbles coming up, right? And if you want to promote, like, you're going to have an absentee champion, the best way to promote that mid-card title and make it seem even like a bigger deal is to main event your weekly TV shows with it. I think it makes that United States Championship feel even more prestigious. Yeah. Um... Well, also last night on Raw, there was something that definitely caught my eye and attention, and I, I guess it caught more people's attention as well because this became a pretty trafficked, buzzy item on the site. Um, they were promoting WWE backstage um, tonight's episode on the show with a graphic, and CM Punk had noted that he was going to be 
uh, a part of this week's show. Now, on the graphic, Punk is not listed. He wasn't shown. It was just Booker and Paige and Renee, uh, whoever the guest is that they're bringing in this week. I, I blank on who that was. But uh, Punk was not on this graphic. I went over to Punk's Twitter feed <laughs> to see if he had noted he's going to be on the show or not. CM Punk hasn't posted an original tweet in five days, Michael. Hmm. So what do you think is going on here? Let's just speculate a little bit. What do you, what do you think's happening here? <laughs> I have two theories. My first working theory is WWE was kind of tired of CM Punk's brutal honesty about the product. And they were like, we don't want to promote this dude because he's kind of bashing some of the stuff we say, right? So that's my more corporate theory. My reach theory is... Maybe they've come to some agreement, right. and CM Punk is going to make a surprise appearance on Sunday. Yep. And what does WWE like to do? They hide their surprises, and they don't want to mention him at all because they don't want to let the cat out of the bag. I think that is the case. I think he's I think he's in the Rumble. You know, Whether he wins or not, maybe he eliminates Brock Lesnar. How crazy would that be? Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, Heyman loves Punk, right? I mean, it's not like Heyman wouldn't be on board for this. Uh, but, uh, I, man, this to me smells... Like you're hiding, you're trying to get people to forget Punk was supposed to be on the show. Maybe completely forget about Punk to make a return even more impactful. I am 80% leading that way on this one. Well, I was going to say, they were advertising Becky Lynch now, which is, don't get me wrong, she's a, a big ad to this, but I think you, you substitute CM Punk with Becky Lynch and make her seem like the big deal. And then you save Punk for Sunday. Punk goes radio silent for a week. I mean, you don't even have to have Punk around that long. I mean, I know he's been promoting his his movies and all the work he's been doing outside of pro wrestling. But if he wanted to come back for a three-month period, there's so much buzz right now after after Starcade last year and, and everything else he's been doing. And if he has a couple of months to do a wrestling thing right now, man, the timing could not be more perfect. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So anyway, we'll just, again, we're just speculating. We're just punditing. But having seen how WWE sets up their surprises and returns in the past, it, it smells like that. I'll say that much. Uh, also, we got some new matches added to the Rumble uh, or updates on matches that were announced. Uh, the Fiend is going to take on Daniel Bryan in a strap match for the Universal title. title. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to battle King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. We're also going to get Sheamus versus Shorty G and Lacey Evans versus SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey. Uh, so uh, matches added to the card here. Strap match for the Fiend and Daniel Bryan. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Hmm. I thought that whenever you had Roman Reigns and King Corbin there, and the whole stipulation on Friday was winner gets to decide what the stipulation is, and there's been all this talk around, you know, Big Dog and Baron Corbin making fun of that a dog collar match. Seems like that would have been the logical conclusion of that feud. Kennel from Hell match, you know? <laughs> Kennel from Hell match. <laughs> oh, that was at WrestleMania, wasn't it? Nah, it had its own, it had its own in your house. It was called Beware of Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Go find Al Snow talk about that match sometime online. The dogs uh -huh. were non-receptive. They were not, the dogs weren't smartened up about what was going on. The dogs were mostly just taking dumps on the outside of the ring and we're not vicious animals, so anyway. Unforgiven um, 1999, right here in Charlotte Coliseum, right here in good old North Carolina. Oh, was so. it not Beware of Dog? Oh, I thought it was Beware of Dog. Oh, No, no, it was uh, It was for the Hardcore Championship. Uh, Steve Lombardi, special guest referee. <laughs> good. Uh, we also, uh, we all, uh, there's rumor out there, I should say. PW Insider, here's a couple rumors about people that may or may not be involved in the Rumble. Uh, PW Insider reporting that Kane is scheduled to be in the 30-man Royal Rumble this Sunday. Uh, it's not officially been announced yet, uh, but Kane did appear on Friday's SmackDown to help Daniel Bryan 
ambush the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Uh, Kane talked about the Rumble match, but did not officially announce that he was going to be in it. But I very much got the vibe that Kane was going to be in the Rumble match from his promo. Oh, yeah. He was talking about his how he wanted to look in the other opponent's eyes and his his all of his victories and um, records he's broken in that match. So, yeah, I'm going to guess Brock Lesnar destroys the man, you know. Uh, PW, well, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, there's also the rumor though here that like um, rumblings have it that maybe Kane and Bray Wyatt they're setting something up there, huh? Yeah, maybe for the uh, the Saudi show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay. Uh, PWInsider.com reporting that Velveteen Dream and Jinder Mahal are both scheduled to be in Houston uh, during Rumble weekend. No word yet if they're planned for the Rumble match, but they're scheduled to be in Houston and will likely be at Minute Maid Park that Sunday. Um, both guys have been on the min- mend uh, from injuries, uh, dreams, back issues. Um, I remember it being noted were pretty bad last week, but you know, again, who's working the sheets, who's not? Um, I could, I could potentially see returns from both, but neither scream to me Royal Rumble winner. No, I don't think so. I think maybe if Ginger Mahal would just be, look, we had him come back. I think Velveteen's the more interesting one because fans have been clamoring for his return, and you know, where is he on NXT and? If you're going to bring him up to the main roster, doing it on Sunday, I, I think that general well, audience would be hyped for that music and that man. Well, Velveteen Dream 2, I mean, they're doing the Worlds Collide gimmick on Saturday night, right? I, I could see him coming back. His return, I think, would be more well-received there. And then or maybe he comes out at Worlds Collide and announces he's entering the 30-man Royal Rumble or something like that. But I just feel like that crowd would be – you would get a bigger reaction from that crowd, I think, than, than a Royal Rumble crowd, which is more of a general family's WWE crowd. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Jinder Mahal, though, yeah, just having the rumble. Brock Lesnar murders the man. What are you going to do? Send him back to the golf course? You know? Ben, ben Former Rock world person. champion Jinder Mahal. Let's just clarify. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not I, I'm not bashing on Jinder here. I thought he was a, he's a good, big, strong man champion. You know, if this was 88, he'd have had a much longer run that would have probably been more well-received. Um, so... It's just what it is right now. They're not pushing the guy. Uh, Wrestling Observer reported that Triple H was scheduled to meet last week with Killer Cross. Now, we talked about this at the top of the show. They're saying that the betting line is that Killer Cross ends up with WWE, where his girlfriend, Scarlett Brudeau, is signed with uh, WWE. She signed last November. Now, it should be noted, February 1st, uh, at at ECW Arena, Killer Cross is going to take on Tom Lawler uh, at MLW. Now, we're going to be running some quotes from, from Cross later this week to tease the full interview that will air on next Monday's episode, uh, our debut episode of the Wrestling Inc. Daily. But I did not get the vibe that Cross is inked to a long-term MLW deal. Um, it definitely sounds like he's fielding a lot of offers and is not going to figure out what he wants to do until next month. I think he's just kind of – I think he's just talking to people this month. And I think the MLW thing just made sense. He likes working with Tom. They work a similar style, so that's that's my take. Having yeah, just talked to them, he's got a great look. Though I mean, like I I think he could be around there, but I think WWE would be a fool if they didn't make him a big money deal. And I think you bring him up. I don't even think you do uh, NXT with him. I think you bring him up to the main roster directly. I mean, him and him and Scarlett in NXT. I think that he'd be great in NXT. I'd love to see cross work with like Champa, you know, or Keith mm-hmm. Lee. I, I I mean, it just seems more of it, it seems more in line with the stuff he's been doing. I think, yeah, he'd, he'd be great anywhere he goes, but he he's somebody that that fan base, I think, would just get so into, you know, and and, and talk about dropping a guy in as you're trying to, to win new viewers on this Wednesday Night War. Cross is one of those guys, I think, if you're an AEW fan and you find out Killer Cross is on the other platform, you might change the channel just to check out what's going on there. 
Yeah, he does really feel more like an AEW guy, I think. Like, if you think about his career to get to this point, he's been on the indies for a while. I, yeah, I could see that. I just would love to see him mix it up with a guy like Seth Rollins and, and be dropped in that main event picture opposite Samoa Joe. Oh, man. Well, and I know, here, I'll, I'll hop down here real quick. You know, uh, the Observer reporting the idea, the original plan for the Dark Order was to have Marty Skrull revealed as the leader, but obviously he signed with Ring of Honor, got a great deal over there. Now people are speculating it could be Matt Hardy. Uh, who tweeted out, you know, after he lost Eric Rowan in a unceremonious fashion last <laughs> night. Uh, wow, thanks for all the love and support. I'm trending number 17 worldwide because of my WWE slump. Hope you're enjoying my t WWE TV appearances. At this rate, there won't be many more, right? So he obviously doesn't sound happy, and it's not so secret that Matt could be leaving uh, WWE on March 1st. He would be fine as the leader of the Dark Order, I suppose. But man, Killer Cross... He, he wouldn't be a terrible leader of that faction either over at AEW. I think that he'd be a good fit for something like that. He already kind of did a cult, cult E type deal in, in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. No, that's a that's an interesting call out there. It is unfortunate. I think Matt Hardy, I, I hate the way WWE does this, right? Skrull would have been great. I think Skrull got more of what he wanted from that Ring of Honor deal, which is some more creativity and control. I, I think Hardy coming over is the right substitute there. Cross would be a different kind of intriguing, but I do hate the way WWE is just burying Matt Hardy on his way out the door. It just feels very vindictive and mean in a way that Hardy's done nothing wrong here other than take the deal that he wanted and do the business he wants to do. Uh, treat the dude, I mean, he's a legend, and, and the fans still respond to him. Don't, ah, I don't know. I would also like to point out, um, a little inside baseball here. Uh, we talked about Marty's new deal over at Ring of Honor. Marty obviously has more sway. Uh, how interesting is it that uh, the Bullet Club Beach Party, Ring of Honor talent now being announced for the Beach Party, and Bullet Club talent now being announced for Supercard of Honor? Interesting mm. how all those things lined up, Michael. Mm. You know, they said working partnership, edging ever closer. I have an NDA. I can't say everything. But there's there's a lot <laughs> going on there. So anyway, uh, it's it's interesting to watch. Pay attention. The beach party is going to kick ass. I'll say that much. Uh, CWE, the Canadian Wrestling Elite promotion, announced this weekend that Shannon Moore was forced back out, uh, forced to back out of their January 24th to 26th shows due to an unexpected WWE obligation. Uh, another Facebook post from the promotion noted that Shannon Moore had a contractual obligation to WWE that will require his presence later this month. Uh, Moore was replaced by Pat Tanaka. Uh, there is no word yet on if WWE has hired more to work as a producer or coach or, coach, or perhaps as a Royal Rumble surprise entrant. Um, you know, I, I guess Shannon Moore would be definitely a name from the past that would be interesting in the Rumble, but, I mean, obviously he's not going to win. Um, he's really tight with Matt Hardy um, and that Impact crew, um, Gregory Helms and all that. Uh, I could see him joining that collective of producer-coach talent. And, um, you know, if you are trying to keep Matt or not, I mean, like we just talked about, it's not like they're doing him any favors here, but Shannon is very close with Matt and having him around, I could see being used as maybe something to entice uh, Matt. If you got more friends around that are going to be booking and things like that. Yeah, I can see that. I, I agree with you, Shannon Moore. Not the kind of name that I think moves the needle on the Royal Rumble, uh, only, only because he never was a huge main event presence, and it's been so long now. And I also would hate to see that spot used when you could bring back some other people, even use some NXT guys in that spot. So uh, that being said, you, you called out Greg Helms here, who has been with the company now doing this producing role for a while. If you watch the New Year's Eve special on Fox, he was actually there with the talent 
in Times Square. So I, I think he's found some success there and he's close with Shannon Moore as well. That would be, I, I think Shannon is a backstage producer. Right. Um, that I could be so. a really interesting spot for him or even, yeah, a coach. That would be awesome. Well, he was down at the Performance Center a couple months ago working with talent. I mean, a big thing for Shannon, obviously, was he had issues with sub, sub he had substance abuse issues. Unfortunately, that, that group of guys uh, have had them over the years, but he's been clean and sober for two years now. He's written about it. He's very public about it. So he seems to have his life together, and again, he's got a lot of. If, if he's got his stuff together, you got a lot of friends there. Shannon was a great worker. I I I wish him all the, the luck in the world if he if he is coming on board as an agent, which was what this sounds like to me. And he also always had a very unique look, I think. And you're talking about the uh, what they're doing down there with the NXT brand, but also the 205 Live brand and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of potential for Shannon to really spice some characters and some wrestling up. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, uh, PWInsider.com reporting that WWE looking to try out Mike Kanellis and Tony Nese as a tag team uh, to be utilized in NXT. So something else here for Mike and Tony, who've really just kind of been adrift. So, yeah, maybe we could see some – I mean, they're both both body guys, both in good shape right now. Uh, Mike Kanellis is a phenomenal tag team wrestler. I'm not really familiar with Tony Nese's work as a tag team wrestler, but sure. I like both of them. We gonna- they're not doing anything. We're going to get the payoff to the um, cuckolding storyline. Is that where this is leading? Yeah. Tony Nice is the one. <laughs> He's the one who got her pregnant. And then they're going to turn on each other. Oh, my God. Uh, I think this is a hard break from that. I think we're going to see something not related to that would be my guess. I certainly hope so because I think um, that well, storyline was what it was. And some fans ha- hated it. A lot of fans hated it. Some fans liked it. But I want like to see a lot more from Mike Kanellis because I think he does have more to offer outside of kind of those bizarre storylines. Uh, PWInsider.com also reporting that WWE SmackDown superstar Kalisto recently inked a new contract extension with the company. No word yet on the details of the deal, uh, but it was noted that the two sides came to terms on a multi-year extension. Uh, WWE has been signing talents to three- to five-year deals, and Kalisto uh, reportedly resigned with the company because he feels like he still has a lot left to accomplish with WWE. I mean, Kalisto... Former United States champion, great look, incredible performer. Uh, I, I think the Lucha House Party thing uh, uh, toughened up, right? I think it needs a twist. I think it's, uh, I don't know that it's doing any favors for those guys in there coming out with pinatas every week. Give them a little edge. A lot to do here with Kalisto. I, I'm surprised they haven't done more, honestly. Yeah, well, especially when you're trying to tap into that fan base and the other the other things you're doing in that whole arena. I mean, you put this guy with somebody like Andrade and, and let them wrestle some, like, just go out there and 100%, wrestle. 100%. And Ray, look, and Ray is openly talking about how, like, he may be out the door in a couple of years, right? Yeah. You're going to want another high-flying luchador to, to fill that space and sell, keep selling masks would be my thought, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think these guys always do better. Uh, these guys, I mean, luchadors, these guys that wear masks, they do better when you promote them as something that is like you can take them seriously. Rey Mysterio was great because we thought that he was a main event contender, right? Um, when they, you know, Ultima Dragon didn't really get the push in WWE that I think some fans hoped he would if you're coming over from WCW. But yeah, I mean, these these guys that wear masks, they're great attractions, but build them up like they're legitimate wrestlers now that they're just undercard undercard fodder and your product will continue to sell your merch will sell even more yeah. um well uh live morgan back on wwe tv as part of this rusev lashley lana storyline uh she debuted new wrestling gear over the weekend at wwe live event she wore a, a variation of that on raw last night i have no idea why michael but this was the most traffic thing on the site the past five days 
I don't know why either, Nick. I guess people really like looking at Liv Morgan in her new gear. So <laughs> there you go. It's because there's so much interest around her new character that it's just the most compelling storyline on, on TV these days. Did she really change at all? Like, does it look or act any different, in my opinion, than with the last time we saw Liv Morgan? Uh, she was like a little different a couple weeks ago and it was like there's this affair thing going on and she had like one sleeve didn't exist and the other sleeve was like the suit jacket uh, she mm. came out she had her fingers behind her back she, I mean, she looked like Liv Morgan she looked like she did <laughs> all the stuff in Rise Squad she's blonde now she's just yep. blonde and she doesn't eat candy before the match it turns her, her tongue blue so <laughs> makeovers not what they used to be I guess so man um, well uh, WWE they filed to trademark the Harlem Heat name on Monday January 13th uh, it's uh, the, the filing was largely for merchandising purposes but you know, throw more, um, throw more wood on the fire here. Uh, a lot of people still thinking Harlem Heat might have one more match in them here. Of course, Revival is the one uh, that's that's trying to get it going. Wood on the fire, Harlem Heat. Mm, yeah, I did that did on there. purpose. Did that on purpose. I don't know. I'm, I'm up for it. I love Stevie Ray and, and Booker. So if they want to go, they want to do one more match. Stevie Ray never had a WWE match, and he's a WWE Hall of Famer. So yeah. give the man a match. And I'd love to see him go up against, like you said, a younger, a younger team, the revival. That's an interesting dynamic that we've not seen. And it would do it would do wonders for the revival in their career. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, just a couple matches. Build them all up to make them all feel special. You know, them Harlem Heat and the New Day. New Day loves working with Booker. It's no secret, you know. So, you know, food for thought. And, and revival can make anybody look good. I mean, I'm not gonna say Harlem Heat is what they were 20 years ago, right? But the Revival is the kind of team, if you go up against them, they will make you look like a million bucks. I think that people would be very surprised at how well Stevie and Booker could still can still go now. I think they would. I think it would be kind of reminiscent of uh, when Ricky Steamboat came back there and blew everybody's yeah. minds and then wound up doing like a couple tours and, and worked like eight more matches or something like that. All right. Oh, yeah, when he had the, the feud against Jericho and yeah. they were like, oh, we got to bring in all the legends. And like, no, we'll just stick with Ricky Steamboat. He can do it on his own. Yeah. Uh, PWInsider.com yeah. reporting uh, that there have been talks as of late about possibly rechristening the WWE UK title to the WWE NXT UK title. This would bring the title in line with the rest of the NXT UK title belts. The current title holder is Walter. And I read this, and Michael, I genuinely thought to myself, that's not the NXT UK title? <laughs> I did the exact same thing. <laughs> Thinking about rechristening, that should have been done yesterday. What? Is it is the United States one well, of the United States Championship, the North American Championship in NXT? Is that as well? Um, is it the NXT? Yes, it's the um, NXT North American Championship. Yeah, this is an obvious thing. My question is, what's what? the hierarchy here? So I guess the NXT title is the premier championship for all the NXT brands. In the UK is equal to the North American, or well, it's con it's confusing right now because you, the UK brand is its own brand. So theoretically, the NXT title and the NXT UK title would be on the same level. But I mm. think that I, I think it's more of like an intercontinental championship right now in the grand scheme of things for NXT. Because so. I would love to see a touring, you know, NXT champion. Like he goes over to the UK and wrestles some and then as they open up new brands, I think that'd be a, a great way to handle like more like a territory system again. Well, we'll figure it out. It's not the NXT UK title? What? I thought it was. <laughs> anyway. Uh TVA Sports caught up with uh Silva Sylvan Grenier. Silva Silva why are words so hard to me for me today? Sylvain Grenier, 
Uh, former WWE superstar, he is returning to WWE as a backstage agent. He noted he was hesitant about coming back uh, because of the heavy schedule that WWE has, but Kevin Dunn assured him that things have changed. Uh, he noted the following about the new role. Uh, he said, for the moment, I'm in training, but eventually I will be assigned to the red team or the blue team, Raw or SmackDown. I'm going to do a TV show a week, every pay-per-view, and once a month, I'm going to tour house shows. So welcome back into the fold. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a name. That's a blast from the past, right there. Yeah, law resistance. Yeah, there you go, guys. Stay good. You know, it sounds like he's doing like bodybuilding stuff, and he was like talking to Kevin Dunn about getting photos and stuff for like a video package for a bodybuilding company or competition or something like that. And they're like, hey, you know what? Instead of just getting photos, why don't we give you a job? You're a nice guy. Put together. Uh, Tessa Blanchard has issued another statement on Twitter regarding. Tessa Gate from last week. So she writes, over the last week, I have been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur. To read this allegation has been personally upsetting. To be clear, I absolutely did not use that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my heart. Racism is not in my heart. Yet I know many people have to deal with racism in a way I will never have to. Racism is an awful part of American history, and it is equally awful that it's still part of our society today. While I did not do what was claimed, I stand ready to use my platform to support the fight against racism however I can. To wit, NWA World's champion Allison Kay has claimed on Twitter that she is having issues with Tessa trying to spread lies about her now. Now, of course, Kay was the one who originally came out with the accusation that Tessa had spat in the face, and go use the N-word, uh, towards La Rosa Negro in Japan, uh, Negra in Japan. And uh, so Kay tweeted out, I said what I had to say, so I'd love so I'd love to move on, but I just got several messages about Tessa Blanchard trying to spread lies. Unfortunately for you, I've built my 11-year reputation on being respectful. Instead of owning up to your mistakes, you lie, scheme, and prove you haven't changed. This is one reason people don't speak up. It's also one of the reasons I felt I needed to be the one to do so. I have a thick skin. There's no dirt on me. I have a large platform. And amount of colleagues who vouch for me, I'm glad I'll gladly absorb this front line of idiocy to shield my friend. Allison then shared several screenshots of messages she received from her friend. Her friend was contacted by someone that Tessa supposedly sent direct message to. The messages said, I'm trying to convince an impact employee to talk to you about Allison K. Apparently, she was a huge bully in TNA. He won't talk to me because the link would be apparent, but he's thinking of talking to someone else. Would you be interested? That person who shared the direct messages admitted that the timing felt off to them. For sure, the timing just seems off, and I've never heard of her being a bully from anyone. So from what I gleaned from this is Tessa now trying to get people to say that Allison is really the bully here and not Tessa. But again, these direct messages are from someone that Tessa supposedly— and this isn't Tessa messaging someone. This is a, this is a mess. Right now, Michael, I, I so many things here. Right, number one, <clears throat> Tess sticking to her. Tess is sticking to her her statement here. Right, I did not say that. And at this point, it still is a he said, she said. Although there's been a lot of other people coming out of the woodwork to support the fact that this did happen, and it's not just a one off thing. So, either way, Tess is still denying it. My big issue with her statement, we talked about it Friday night um, on the SmackDown postgame show, is that she addresses the the racism here, but not all the other accusations of bullying and all that stuff that she's been accused of. Now, I was told on Friday night uh, by my co-host at that point that they did not think that was as big of a deal. 
I still think it is a big deal. I think if you're a bully in this industry, an industry that is changing away from being an old school uh, industry to being a more modern, we got to work together, we're all a team thing, right? I think it's a major deal, and I think you got to own that as well. But she completely ignored all of that, right? And now this whole back and forth with her trying to kind of undermine Kay, um, it doesn't sit right with me. And I think that it's not doing anything to help as opposed to, like we said last week, you come out, you own what you did in the past. I made a mistake. I apologize. I'm going to be better. Because listen, guys, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. And what I want to see from somebody who makes a mistake is not to beat it over their head over and over and over. I want to see what they want to do to own that mistake and grow from it and, and make amends with the people they've hurt along the way. I'm not seeing that from Tessa in any way, shape, or form. She's denying the racism, but even just the bullying. And, and if it is true, if this is her trying to undermine the accusations against her in whatever way, shape, or form. It's very immature, and I think it's very unfortunate for somebody I, like Blanchard, who has this huge platform now. Now, I, I went around and asked a lot of people about this Tesla situation in the past week, and I've heard from several people that, you know, Tessa, this stuff about her being having temper issues, bullying, um, all of that is definitely known. There are definitely promoters that will not work with Tessa even to this day. Um, because of those reports, I, 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 I was told by some that they think she absolutely did say it. They'd heard that rumor for years. Right. Um, so there's no video here, right? You can't call, you can't check the tape. Um, La Rosa Negra did, um, release her video. Did you watch the video? She didn't really, she didn't say one way or another if Tess has said the thing. And I still want to get to the bottom of that. Right. She kind of yeah. just says, I left this behind me which is what I do. I move on past these these things. But I'm with you, man. I don't think that Tessa or Impact have done enough to address this, and it's just so unfortunate because they put the title on her, and they're, like, moving in this direction while the there's been so much positivity, I feel like, around the company over the past year or so. It's unfortunate that this seems to be big, bold, and in, in focus at the moment. Even now, you know, it's not it's not gone away. Well, it feels like it's the pro wrestling industry that we knew of from the Attitude Era, where you did have to jockey and bully sometimes, and you put down other people because you wanted that one spot. And what I was understanding, and my impression has been, yes, some of that still happens in WWE, don't get me wrong, but it's not rampant like it once was, and there is much more of a camaraderie around, um, it's not just an old boys club, right, that we are going to grow together, and, and, and this whole thing about bullying and everything should not exist in modern wrestling. So to me, it feels like with this cover-up, this we don't want to talk about an issue, um, and cover-up, I don't mean they're, I just mean... They don't want to talk about it and they want to move on and ignore it. And I don't think that's the way the business works today because there's so much more focus and coverage about all these things. Yeah, I, I, you got to confront things, right? Silence, uh, shine away from things, telling talent they can't talk about things, telling media you can't talk about things. Uh, that's not that doesn't fly anymore. Right. And I, and yep. I you know, I've, I've given credit before, but I'll do it again. Like Tony Khan coming out and addressing the press giving answers to any questions we're never told what we can or can't say to him i think tony has done a fantastic job um getting him getting aew through what could have been some uh controversial headlines in their first year um and i know people will say well how do you know he's not lying to you if you lying to me in the press scrum and i find out about it guess what i'm gonna go to the next press scrum I'm going to say, why'd you lie to me? Right? So yeah. that's called the pursuit of truth. And at least there is uh, that ability with AEW. I wish more of the promotions would rally around that kind of relationship with the press because 
I do genuinely think a lot of them are doing themselves a disservice by not getting out there and getting uh, their facts on the record and engaging the media. That's well, it always feels you like know. you have something to hide if you don't, right? Yeah, like pro wrestling, I, I mean, all other sports, all of the entertainment is moving more towards this model where the press have a lot freer access because, I mean, even in the entertainment industry, the Me Too movement came because long ago, the old old boys school was protected, right? Guys like Harvey Weinstein were protected and insulated, and that doesn't exist today. It just doesn't. So wrestling's got to catch up there. Companies like TNA right now and call them out for, for kind of ignoring the situation, Impact, They've got to catch up. Well, and Impact, you know, was doing pressers, right? Like, you know, we didn't get Tessa, but I asked Taya what she thought about it. She didn't want to really address it, but at least I got somebody on the record. Um, but, you know, there was opportunities. There there were multiple opportunities uh, that weekend in particular in Dallas for Impact. They had a media day the before Hard to Kill, and then they had post-match pressers afterwards. And it just left me walking away feeling a little weird with all. I enjoyed the show. I thought that I was treated very well. Um, there's a lot of positivity around it and we're all just supposed to ignore what's going on here right now. Yeah. It just felt weird. You know what I mean? So, yep. um, and I love those guys, Ross Foreman, Sean Grabin, great guys. Just wonder what's yeah, going on. Great, great talent down there. A company <laughs> that's grown a lot. What's going on? You know, you can't let something like this, you know, you can't let something like this undo, not all of it wouldn't undo all of it. So much of the great work that that company has been doing to rebuild itself over the last few years. All right. Last but not least here. Uh, and uh, by the way, after the Eddie Edwards scrums, we I, I'll read a couple of the things from the wrestling Inc daily Twitter account. Cause mm. we'll, we'll tie that in here. I'll try to find a, start to find a, a rhythm. Uh, yes. But Conan got into an argument with psychosis to Juan Ebedio Gonzalez outside of last weekend's impact tapings in Mexico City. Gonzalez slapped Conan in the face during an argument. Just to be clear, this is not the psychosis who wrestled in WCW and WWE, much like there's the confusion about around LA Park and La Parca. Different psychosis. Uh, <laughs> Wrestling Observer reporting um, that the issues were because Gonzalez felt like the reason he's not in AAA is because of Conan, and that won't change until Conan leaves. Conan is currently on the booking team for AAA. Meltzer reported that Conan has tried to push younger guys and now having more power in the company. That's what he's doing. Meltzer also noted that security was lax at the show because Gonzalez, after slapping Conan in the face, was not even removed from the venue. So um, very unfortunate to hear. Uh, I applaud Conan for trying to push young talent. I can understand the frustrations here from psychosis. You shouldn't slap somebody and you definitely shouldn't slap Conan. Conan... Uh, you might get a receipt there in a way that you, uh, <laughs> don't slap Conan, right? I read this and I was like, how dumb do you have to be to slap Conan? I would not mess with that man to save my life, but, uh. A unfortunate story to, to wrap up the news here, you know. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a, a, a not a, it's a little bit of a dumb story, right? Like these two guys got into a, a little bit of an argument here, but I agree. Um, just the crazy thing to me here, of course, yeah, don't don't beef with Conan. He is a he's a legend in the business, right? Um, but yeah, security was likes to the show, and Gonzalez wasn't even removed after the venue. That's um, those are the kind of indie shows that, yeah, I, I hate to see that for the business because everybody needs protection. <laughs> What is going on? Welcome to Hard to Kill Weekend. I'm, I'm excited for the for the show, for the events, and 
very excited to talk to you great people, as always. So I, I'd like to, uh, Nick Hasman, Wrestling Inc. Raise your hand. Thank Sir, you. Sir, Yes, uh, you were looking right at me, so I felt, uh, well, you know, I felt engaged. I'm caca, you don't know that. Uh, well, good, good, uh, good uh, maybe first step there with my question. You know, Eddie, you've had such a great career. You've obviously been taking a more brutal route the past couple years, especially since Sammy. Physically, how are you holding up right now going into the weekend? You know, knock on wood, um, I'm feeling good. You know, we had some time off over the holidays and I spent time with the family and stuff like that at home, rest and recovery. And, you know, I'm not a spring chicken as you <laughs> pointed out, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Um, you know, I, I try to go, you know, go better, be better about taking care of myself as far as rehabbing and, and preventative uh, exercise and stuff like that. So I feel good right now. You know, there's obviously nagging injuries and bumps and bruises along the way. We all understand that, but overall, man, I, I'm very happy with the way things are going, and I'm excited for the new year. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Mike Johnson, PW Insider. Hi, Eddie. Hi. Um, so, you're going to wrestle Michael Elgin tomorrow. You guys kind of gave away a big part of that on Impact TV just this past week. How hard is it coming out of a match like that that was so great to then come back just a couple of days later in the eyes of the fans and try to one-up that? You know, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say we gave it away. I'd say we gave a little a taste of what we can do. Like that's just a that's just a sample size of what of what Elgin's capable, of, what I'm capable of, and what we're capable of together. So I think uh, that the point of that was to get people invested to to follow the story and want to see more. And I think I hope we did that job of you know making people want to tune in. And the test for us as wrestlers is to go out there and one up ourselves and each other each and every time. You know, that's the pressure that I put on myself to go out there and have a better match than the night before, than the week before. Constantly getting better and to be have to go out there and do it again, you know, like you said only a few days later. It's it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that I'm gladly accepting. Um Morales from thechairshot.com. Um, because of the match this past week. Now your Collier Shot trophy is on the line. Can you tell us a little bit about what that trophy means to you in your career? Well, you know, Timmy, his name's Timmy the Trophy. Um, <laughs> you know, winning the Collier Shot, you know, Battle Royal is a huge step in, in my career as of right now because at any point I can call my shot, as it says in the, in the name, um, and, and go after a title whether it be the, the World Heavyweight title or the Exhibition title or tag titles, I can use that at any point and, and turn it in and go for the championship. You know, I haven't had a championship around my waist for, for quite some time now. So to know I have that going forward and, and to know we have that, you know, in the company is, is something that's cool. It gives us a chance to, you know, keep people guessing. You never know what's going to happen. You never know when I'm going to want to turn it in or stuff like that. So um, to have that, it gives us options. It gives me options going forward in the future. Uh, I wanted to raise my hand. Thank you, thank you. Following the rules, following the rules, I like it. Damian Gross, your big gold belt media. Going back to talking about longevity in the business and revitalization of self, uh, in your entire career, I know there's multiple parts to it, but you're taking care of yourself, your, your recovery, uh, your mental, physical. Uh, can you walk us through some of that kind of stuff where at this point in your life, how has that changed over your entire career? Uh, you know, for me right now, like I said, we you know we had a few weeks off, and uh, you know when I'm home, I'm home. I I'm I'm pretty good at shutting off. I like to be home. I like to have that time with my family, 
and to not constantly be stressing or always thinking about you know wrestling. I always have wrestling on my mind and my heart, obviously, but you need to be able to shut it off at times when you go home, because you, you need to, I need to be able to shut my brain off more so. I need to shut my body off. I need to go home and rest and recover. And, you know, that's something that, you know, when I was first starting in, in the business, obviously I, all I could think about, all I, could, all I wanted to do was wrestle, 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 which that's still what I want to do, but I also cherish the time off in between that. And I, and I go about trying to take care of myself as far as when I'm home with, you know, more so with stretching and trying to stay loose. And that's more a focus of my routine now, shutting my body off, shutting my brain off and just staying loose and trying to take care of any nagging injuries that I have. And as, as of right now, I feel like I've been doing a, a pretty good job and hopefully going forward, it just gets better. Thank you. Mike. Following up on that, obviously the baseball bat incident with Sammy Callahan was what not baseball bat incident <laughs> was not according to plan, but it brought out a different side of you, personality-wise, sent you off on a different trajectory. Looking back on that, while I'm sure you didn't appreciate that moment when it happened, looking back at everything in hindsight, do you regret still? Do you regret that it happened, or do you think it was a blessing in disguise? You know, I I know we've talked before about this. You know, it was the prime example of. Taking lemons, make it into lemonade. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, nobody wants to get hit in the face with a baseball bat. Um, if there were, if there was long-term damage, you know, if if I couldn't see correctly, or if I I plate in my face, you know, if the, it could have gone a number of different ways, much more <laughs> worse than it did. You know, we had the best-case scenario, and at this point, because of the way it has set my career, you know, I'm. I don't know, it's weird to say I'm happy that it happened, you know, but I'm more than okay that it happened because it tested me as a professional wrestler. I had to change my game, I had to change my attitude, I had to, a chance to get involved in things that I wasn't doing before, you know, changing up my style, we're doing different vignettes, doing promos and stuff like that, stuff that I hadn't always done. So it gave me a chance to step outside my comfort zone and try something new and it pushed me to improve and I feel like I was able to do that and capture that and take that ball and run with it and now here I am and I have this character where I'm able to brawl and be hardcore we can go back and and do the quote-unquote wrestling technical wrestling stuff like that so I feel like I'm happy with where I'm at because I know at any point I can go in any direction that I need to go and for that I am grateful and I'm also grateful I didn't lose my eye so, yeah uh, I, I wanted to know, uh, uh, going into uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend, I guess, or whatever, there's going to be the big TNA show. And obviously, you are so synonymous with the entire history of Impact and TNA. What do you hope to see on that show? What are the fondest memories of TNA you'd like to see revived and brought back for everybody? You know, I think it's an opportunity for, you know, us as fans, you know, myself as a fan, to see, you know, some things or some people return and kind of that nostalgia of, TNA kind of when you know it was first started and stuff. I think it gives an opportunity to maybe see some certain people return. I I don't know names. I don't want to say names. The Wolves, you know Wolves I mean? North. The Wolves, the, the Wolves versus the North would be a match that I would love to have and I'd never say never. Um, you know, the Ultimate X match, of course, would be nice to have on that show. I think just to have that feel and kind of invite the fans back, kind of take that trip back in time to to watch these matches and kind of a throwback and. You know, there could be, I think it's a good chance to have some 
funny stuff as well. You know what I mean? Like, there's been some stuff that, you know, TNA's history, I don't... What? That maybe didn't go the best way possible. So I think it gives us a chance to have some fun as fans and poke fun at ourselves as wrestlers and to have a great show and a great event. I have no doubt that it will be that. So evolution seems to be the name of the game, talking about your evolution um, as a wrestler, but also the evolution of Impact as a company. And you've been with the company for, for quite some time. How do you view Hard to Kill as uh, a moment for Impact going into 2020 and, and where you see it uh, possibly uh, evolving this year? You know, it's hard to kill coming up tomorrow. It's, you know, it's a new year. It's still a, you know, relatively new company as far as, you know, working with Access TV and, you know, ownership and all that. And right now, this is a chance for us to once again, I feel like every time we have a pay-per-view, we have an event, we go out there and we kill it each and every time. We, we seem to step, step our game up each and every time. And this time will be no different. And it's important for us as a company to kick off the year right with this, to show that we have the momentum going forward. We have Access TV behind us. We, our company, our office, our front office, all the boys and girls in the locker room, we're all on the same page. And I've said this before in interviews and stuff, it's important that we are all on the same page. We know the goal is to go forward. Nobody's working against each other. We're everybody's very open with how things are going. We know, you know, companies aren't gonna change overnight, and we know that but it's a steady climb. And this company, we have steadily climbed and clawed each and every step of the way, and we will continue to do so. This year is a big year. I'm very excited for Hard to Kill, but I'm also very excited for what we have laying ahead this year. Um, you know, the sky's the limit, it really is. So uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's a step one and many steps going forward. Welcome back. Yeah, I wanted to cut Oh, you cut him off. You, oh, sorry. I can't see behind me. You pointed at me. Go ahead. No, I said. I'm not. I did that. I did that. Trying to pick my moments. All right, go ahead. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so, spanning your entire career until now, you become now that locker room leader type person for younger talent. How do you take that responsibility on yourself? Or is that something you're, you're doing long term? And when that happens, how do, how do you kind of spouse all the knowledge that you learned over all these years. You know, I think it's something that, you know, as far as myself and, and even before in, in other locker rooms, you know, it's something that just kind of happens. You know, guys will come up to you or guys will ask your opinion. And, you know, I've, you know, I've been here for the longest at this point, the longest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know I've been wrestling a long time. And so in wrestling, it's always important. It's always been important. We've always been taught. And when you start wrestling, it, every match, whatever, you ask, you go up to somebody who's been doing it longer, a veteran, you, you ask their opinion, you ask, you know, if they can help you out, you, you know, anything, any advice, you know, um, that's the way I was brought up, and today there's a lot, things are different, so it's not, I don't know, it's not as much so that way, but in our locker room it is, you know, guys are very open, guys and girls are very open, we, we try to help each other out, I think I'm more than happy to fill that role, to step in there, and try to, you know, help the people out that haven't been here and try to help them with them. You know, working with TV style, it's a whole different style than a lot of people that independents have done before. So to come here, if I can, and I, and I always say, you know, my, my opinion is my opinion. There's no way, I am not right about anything. I, I don't know, I could be wrong about everything. I have my opinion, that's all it is. And so I try to tell the people that and they can do their own thing, but I want to give my opinion as to what I think would help 
a certain match or a certain promo or a certain situation, and they can take that and do with it as they wish. I, I'm not offended if somebody turns it down or whatever, or just take it and go on your way and use it however you want. Um, but I think in this locker room, we have a great community. So we all go to each other and ask for opinion. Like I've, I will ask him. Tommy Dreamer is probably is my he's my Yoda. Not that he just looks like him, but he is my Yoda. I go to him, you know, ask his opinion. And it, that that's the way it is in the locker room for a lot of people. So we're all there to help each other. And uh, if I can do that, I am more than happy to. And I you know I'm honored. You know, people do you know say that I'm a locker room leader, or veteran, or, you know, stuff like that. That's that means a lot to me because that's something that I've always wanted since I first started wrestling. I wanted to be. You know, obviously loved and revered by the fans, but I want to be respected by my peers more so. We've got time for one more question. Davey Richards' name was brought up. Uh, have you been in contact with him? Is the return to wrestling something that's in the, the periphery for him? I know he's been kind of working on his personal life. Yeah. The EMT thing. You know, we, we talk occasionally through text and stuff, and, you know, he's been, like you said, he was doing his own thing. He's becoming a doctor, and he's he's got a great life outside. You know, he's got a lot of goals, uh, very goal-orientated. And I know his name did come up. We haven't talked and spoken details about, you know, coming back. Um, but I know he was planning on coming back, and he had done a couple of independent shows going forward. And, you know, Davey's my brother, and I could, you know, I would love to see him back in wrestling. He's, some, he's somebody that I owe a whole lot of my career to, and I wouldn't be aware of them without him. So um, I, I miss him, and I would love him to be back. And, but whatever he needs to do to be happy is what I want him to do. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Have to talk. Uh, you can run. It's gonna be a lot of that. What is up, y'all? All right, Eddie. Uh, really physical match, big win. How are you feeling, and when do you think you're gonna use the trophy? Uh, how am I feeling? How does it feel to get hit by a Mack truck? Basically, you know, like it was the type of match I expected. It was a, we're in the bomb factory. We're throwing bombs out there. You know, like. And I knew that was going to be the way. That I respect Elgin. He's an unbelievable wrestler. An unbelievably strong man. Uh, and he brought me to my limit. And I love that. Each and every time I love that. To push myself. Sure, I'll take an easy win. But I like to be pushed. I feel like I, I, I left it all out there. If it went much longer, who knows which way I would have gone. But I was, I'm happy to get the win. And I'm happy with what we did out there to show what we're capable of, what Impact Wrestling is capable of on such a big night of Hard to Kill. Eddie, uh, you, uh, when you started transitioning to being a singles performer, you had the incident with Sammy, but now since that, you've reinvented yourself. You've picked up a lot of, or a, a few big wins here at Impact Wrestling in a short amount of time. How does it feel at this point in your career to be on this kind of a role and know that there's more to come? Hey, it's awesome, uh, especially the way that Impact Wrestling is going right now with you know positive buzz and then the new cable channel and all this stuff. I'm very proud to be at the forefront of it. I, I have always wanted to be. I've told you this before. I know I, I want to be the guy that's synonymous with Impact Wrestling. I want my face on that poster, on the billboards. I want to be the guy that you can rely on to do interviews, to go out there and kill it in the ring, to do whatever I need to do as a part of this company, take this company to the next level. So I'm honored to be, I'm happy I'm on such a roll, but more so I'm happy to be a part of the company going in the direction we're going. And answer, Mike, I don't know when I'll turn the trophy in. The time will tell me. We'll see. What do you think about that corner, that group of kids in the corner? Are they living and dying by every move? Yeah, you know, I some, think you need to take them every tour stop. Yeah, I would love to. You know, the, the fans are 
what help us do what we do. You know, we go out there and we're killing ourselves. And, you know, when, when I'm getting thrown, I'm getting powerbombed by Elgin. And, you know, to roll over and to see those fans, to see kids like that cheering me on. And, you know, we're making that eye contact and they're, they're cheering me on. And, you know, that's helping me get through it. It, it really does. It really does. Um, I'm so proud. I'm, I'm very lucky to have fans that support me the way they do. And to have people chant Eddie, it's, it's still surreal to me. You know, 17 years later, it's still, it's still unbelievable to me to have that effect on kids because I remember being them. You know what I mean? I remember doing the same thing. So to be in the position I'm in now, to try to just have, I hope they just have a good time. You know what I mean? And I go out there, I'm going to do my best for them. Yes. To me, the trophy took some bumps during the match as well. Um, what does it mean to have to be the trophy back, but more importantly, to win this match? Well, I mean, the match, the point of the match is to win, you know, win the trophy. But to win, you know, Timmy, you know, you don't know what he's been through behind the scenes with me. This is nothing compared to what goes on in real life. What? Um, it, it comes to the territory. <laughs> what, are what, you do, what, are you, what are you doing with this you thing? Don't want to you don't, yeah, you don't know what's been dragged on that thing. Um, you know, and to be able to, and to go out there and win that match, uh, like I said, on Hard to Kill, the biggest show of the year, to kick the year off right, um, I felt we went out there and we did, we did it right, you know what I mean? And me coming out on top, and winning this trophy helps me going forward in this company to achieve what I want to achieve and become the world champion. That's good. Cool. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, uh, Michael, for joining me here uh, for our last Winkly together. As we will be mm. back on Monday when we rechristen the show, the Wrestling Inc. Daily. It will have its own RSS feed. Go subscribe to the Wrestling Inc. Daily. we got a lot of room to grow here. We're going to have a lot of fun. We invite you to come along with us. Um, uh, thank you, Eddie Edwards and Impact Wrestling, uh, for the time. I always enjoy chatting with Eddie. Um, we will have Ace Austin and his pre and post uh, hard to kill uh, scrums tomorrow. One of my favorite conversations I've had with a pro wrestler recently. Ace Austin opens up about his time in musical theater and what his favorite roles were and what production made him cry in high school. Oh. Ace Austin, the porn, the porn star in Impact Wrestling, <laughs> talking about how he cried during a high school production musical theater. Amazing. It's awesome. Amazing. I love wrestling. Uh, now, I did promise we're going to dive into the mailbag here. So we have this new. It's at Wink Daily, at WINC Daily. I am surprised by this, Michael. We are up to 53 followers. In <laughs> wow. One, in one night. <laughs> 12 so hours. We're a hit, in my opinion. So we're going to keep this moving. You're going to see more comments coming out of this uh, this Twitter feed. But uh, let's see here. We, we had two polls that I ran last night during Raw. The first poll was who is your favorite member of the Church of Rollins? I listed all four. 870 votes with 64% of the vote. Buddy Murphy is a favorite member. And that's not surprising. And it's also good because when Buddy does eventually turn on Seth, that'll be a big push for Buddy. And I think it'll be very impactful. Well, I think fans are responding too as well. They're seeing the good work he's been putting in and this platform elevates him even more. Uh, we also had uh, uh, here. I'll read a tweet from somebody. This is from at Wrestling Combat. He said none, which is fair because they're all heels. Doesn't have a favorite. <laughs> I'm not supposed to like them. <laughs> Boo! I uh, I uh, I put out a, a gif of of a belly to belly between Rusev and Lashley, and I called it competitive hugging. That got 16 likes. Uh, the best part of Raw. That was the last poll here, though, with 1,063 votes. Can you believe that brand new account? Over a thousand votes for this poll. 
Uh, 62% of people, Ray versus Andrade was their favorite part of Raw last night. Uh, there was a write-in for Kari versus Becky, which, and Kari, man, was acting crazy. I love this new uh, uh, iteration of Kari. But Ray versus Andrade, that's what stole the show for everybody last night with uh, 17% the Church of Rollins stuff. That got the, the second place. How many votes? Over 1,000? Uh, 1,063. So, yeah, six, 620 or so fans voted for the uh, the ladder match. Wow. Yeah. Big things happening over there. Yeah, it was uh, at Archer 81 Havens who who had the write-in for Kari and Becky. So uh, we're going to be doing something like that at the end of the show every day. So stay with us. Follow us on Twitter. You can engage with the polls. We'll ask questions. We'll play games. We're going to have a good time here. Michael, what do you want to plug promote, to, to wrap up the show today? Speaking of Twitter, you can always follow me any day of the week. I am at the Real Wiseman, um, and then I will be back Friday night, as I am every Friday night, to uh, hang out with you guys while SmackDown's on and, and hang with the uh, Wrestling Inc. Twitter account. Uh, maybe I'll throw out a few tweets uh, from the Wrestling Inc. Daily account as well while oh, doing that. Um, sure. yeah. And post-game show, we'll be back here. Raj Geary, I think, will be joining us again, just like he was this past Friday night, um, along with me and Matt Morgan, to discuss everything that happens on the week's highest-rated um, viewership wrestling show friday night smackdown and then i'm working on a couple of articles but uh hang on me on twitter and you'll um you'll, you'll catch those and i gave ej cameron from second city the access to the the twitter account already and i told him he could run it you can you can run it sometimes too you can both run it i don't yeah. care but ej he's second city he's very funny i'm very excited to see what he does with that twitter account so anyway uh i'm at wink rebel over on twitter thank you so much for tuning in and remember if you winked you didn't miss it <laughs>